0: Hello, friends, welcome back to Down to Brown. I am on a high after watching the Never Have I Ever episodes of season two and just really loving my brownness lately. I wonder when I watch a show like that, you know, what would childhood have been like had we had a show, even just one show like that? Like, that's how starved we were. But anyhow, speaking of representation this week we are talking to someone who brings representation to a space that i've often not seen indian women south asian women let alone people of color period we are talking about the outdoors so when i think back to my childhood yes we're walking down memory lane i remember the typical what we joke about now uh the Daisy experience of having packed lunches, really elaborate dope ass main entree, sides, packed in yogurt tins, plastic containers, and you would go on a long drive to a beach or a park and you would admire it. You would eat your food, have a blast with your family. But we didn't do a lot of let's go in and get dirty and let's really put ourselves at risk and climb that hill or mountain and the type of backpacking, camping, the rugged voyeurism that we see where you go and invest in literal equipment for that sake of adventure. That's just not something I grew up with. And if you didn't and had a very different experience, I'm actually honestly really glad to hear because I wish I had spent a little bit more time because I'm spending a lot of Time. Now as an adult trying to become more comfortable with the outdoors, I tried to go hiking one day on my own and went to a really kind of hidden trail in Berkeley with my dog. And even though I had my dog with me, I found myself feeling kind of sketched out every time I passed what seemed to be just lone men walking. And after one guy kind of passed me a couple times, like his intentions could be totally like, you know, not bad. But Just as a woman, you're kind of always on guard. And some people might think that I am being over paranoid, but honestly, girls, like, I think we all know, like, we're just taught to be on our guard. It's not distrust, but we're just careful and protective of ourselves. So I remember feeling like, damn, like, this is an activity I'd love to enjoy more, but there is a little bit of that aspect of like, is this really my activity? Uh, Do I feel safe? And so I started to look into this concept more. Lo and behold... There is a ton of research, there is a ton of articles written about the fact that the outdoor space has typically felt like it's been more serving of our white counterparts. And the reason being is that when you think about it from simply a safety perspective, who is perhaps the safest person out there when we think about systemic racism? It's the white man. And before you go, um, Lahari Irving, you're making this about race again. You know what? Just Google it. (laughs) If you Google people of color hiking or people of color outdoors, you'll see a ton of articles that state that. I mean, literally, there's a significant population of our country that will not feel safe if they are found outdoors and roaming alone. Their intentions might be questioned. So I mean, I do take it to this place because it's true. And even for women, it's not as safe. We all watched, um, you know, hopefully the Cheryl Strayed um, movie with Reese Witherspoon, or you read the book that she actually wrote, and she also tackles that similar issue of being a woman by herself, and she's a white woman. So it doesn't really matter. There are just issues of safety that come into play. There's issues of racism and perception that come into play. And then just historically, because of that, you might not have grown up with it. So for all of those reasons, you'll find that there are a ton of organizations and associations trying to get people of color and especially children of color to embrace the outdoors more and to come into groups to be able to do that together. So that's why when I found out that there was a woman named Priya Maridu who was on Instagram as the wild Indian girl and literally decided to spend her life at a young age, quitting her nine to five job modeling and buying a van to travel the country, I was like, who is this bitch and why don't I know her? So I bugged the shit out of her assistant until I found some time with her to interview her, and man, I am so impressed. Maybe I'd be wiser too if I, like her, traveled and spent time with myself because she is incredibly self-assured. And typically we see that in a sort of like, oh, is she cocky way? Nah, Playa, that's not what I mean. I mean that she really has spent time with herself to understand why she feels so strongly about her life and how to encourage and continue to push herself to live that life that is true to her, despite the tensions that come about with being multiple identities. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right, Priya Marita, thank you so much for joining us at Down to Brown. Hi, so nice to be here. Yes, I'm so lucky that I caught you between your travels. So where did you just travel from and where are you headed next? So I didn't go anywhere super exciting just recently. I went to
1: Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! (laughs) I actually went to visit my partner's family and some of his friends, Um, but I just got back from that. And then I guess we made a quick stop in Chicago where we just kind of like ate a lot yes. like it was just like a two-day walking food tour um <laughs> where did you not eat? <laughs> like everywhere i think i had like six hot dogs yeah and i usually don't eat hot dogs and i don't eat like deep dish pizza that was like my first time eating deep dish pizza and i, I think i had like three yeah. <laughs> yeah so it was a pretty aggressively food concentrated trip which i'm not sad about because i love no
0: food. no regrets and chicago has some of the best Yeah, if you had the chance, did you go to Girl and Goat?
1: I did not. Okay, so I had, we booked our hotel and it was like a last minute booking and a last minute everything. So we just kind of like picked a hotel and then got it. But like we, I like have a friend that actually does like a lot of food tasting and just like, you know, she works with, she worked with Tastemade and like all these things. And so she was like, she sent me a list of like 50 restaurants. And I was like, okay, well, I'm here for two days. So let's take it back a notch and let's just go to like, you know, maybe 10, um, But no, I did not go to the Girl and Goat. That
0: was definitely one of the things that I wished I would have gone to. Hey, next time. I mean, I'm surprised that you even went to 10 in two days. That's more than three meals a day, so. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I
1: was, yeah, it was really bad. My boyfriend was like, hey, so like, we're gonna wake up today and we're gonna have three donuts, six hot dogs, and two pizzas. And I was like, you know what? That sounds normal. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Uh Nutrition. (laughs) Let's go. Yeah. Um,
1: But that's where I just, That's where I came from uh, just now um, and I'm about to go to Iceland in uh, four days, I think. So I leave on Sunday and then I get back the following Monday, so I'm super excited about that.
0: Yeah, I'm so envious. It's probably going to be gorgeous at this time of year. It's going to be
1: cold. (laughs) Uh, So I'm not that stoked about the coldness, Mm -hmm. but I am stoked that it's going to be my first International travel in over a year. So I'm like very excited to finally get, you know, get going back onto like the normal routine of life and just like start
0: traveling and seeing the world more. Totally. Yes, I should correct myself when I say gorgeous. Here in the States, we mean weather. And I meant the scenery in the winter oh. of Iceland. So you're probably going to have a blast. And I can't yes. wait to see the pictures. But I hope you stay warm. Yes, throughout. thank you. Yeah, thank you. So I'm so glad we could catch you for a conversation with Down to Brown. And to start the conversation to ground us, I'd love to ask you, where in the South Asian experience you identify with?
1: That is a really good question. I actually don't identify with India at all, to be honest. Um, I was born there um, and I, was, I lived there I think until eight. Um, and then I moved to the United States and I've been raised in the United States, but very like, it was like a different kind of upbringing. Like my mom and dad definitely didn't raise me like a cultural Indian lady with very specific norms that I had to live up to and stuff like that like I'm blessed to be one of the few people where my dad was like you know what you need to get on your own two feet like you can't depend on a man you can't do this you can't do that like you need to be able to like go outside have a conversation with a stranger and make him believe that you know what you know right so definitely blessed to be raised that way because I know that's not a lot for other people in India. And so that's why when I say I don't really connect with India, like that's what I mean, because I really don't. And it would be a dishonesty to say like, oh yeah, I identify with that because I feel like there's a lot of things that
0: Indian women in India have that I don't really connect to. That's fair, especially because you were born and um, lived there for at least a significant part of your childhood, um, and to have that, and I think that's the important part of Down to Brown is that we talk to all spectrums of identities in the South Asian experience. So it sounds like you honor the fact of like where you're from, but culturally perhaps you identify with other you know places and. Um, you know, it's also when I say places, I'd be really curious to dive into further because you do travel across places, it's not just one specific area, but where in India did your family move from? Um, my mom is from
1: Hyderabad and my dad is from Vijaywada and um, like more of like the rural part of that area. The um, culture.
0: Yeah, that was Yeah, I'm Telugu too. So, oh, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was uh, similarly like I was born and raised in the US, but uh, my family actually did the reverse where at 17 they moved back to Hyderabad. And so that's how I started to connect with India um, truly because growing up here, you kind of go every few years and
1: it's more Honestly, of a vacation. Like- When I came back, uh, when I came to the United States, when I was eight and then I moved here and then I kind of like took on all of the United States culture. So it's like, I was thrown into this like society of like new norms, new everything, new language, new slang, new, like everything. So I was kind of like reborn into this, uh, to this world. And then when I went back to India, I really didn't connect with anyone because it was, it's so hard being dependent when you go back, like dependent on a man, dependent on other people to drive you around, to take you to the grocery store, to take you to the mall, to take you to like, you know, a restaurant, whatever it is. And then when I came, then I came back to the United States and then I started traveling back to like my grandparents and stuff like that when I was like in my twenties. And I feel like that's when I started connecting with people. And that's when I started seeing like, Oh, like. Grandma likes this thing and uh, we do these kind of like, you know, there's these kind of holidays and that's why they do them. Like I can understand more of it and like be like, wow, this is actually like a really cool place. But like before, and I also think because I travel so much now and I see so much of the world, I can go back to a place and be like, wow, this is actually beautiful.
0: Yeah, it gives a whole different perspective.
1: Whole new perspective. Whereas like before I would go and I would just be like, like even not to India, just like in general, but like anywhere, I would just be like, "Wow, oh, this isn't pretty. This isn't what I thought it would be. This isn't This isn't meeting up to my expectations. But then going back after seeing the world, after being outside and like kind of going through like the whole rugged um, lifestyle, I can like go back to like certain places and be like, wow, like I didn't even know this existed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting you should say that because like I've had, um, whenever I go to India, like to visit my family now, I take it sort of upon myself like I'm not going to flatter myself as if I have this like National Geographic audience but I'll like post stories and stuff of like my experiences there to show like India is much more than what you see with like cows roaming around and all of like the way it's kind of portrayed in Hollywood but I remember a friend of mine was saying that her coworker said like you know I looked at Lahari's stories and I still just like I don't see the appeal. And I realize like there is a little bit of an expectation we have like for things to look sort of like Euro clean and like sexy Instagramable. But India, like it is something that you have, like it is different, but you can appreciate its nature and setting if you truly understand like and appreciate travel and like you know that it's not like a vacation experience every time. And I think there's just so much beauty to that country that Um, unfortunately we just don't you know because we don't paint it a certain way and like model it a certain way it might not get as much of that rap that other countries have
1: and honestly I've had that same experience like not so long ago I went to Hawaii I went to Maui the other month like I think like last two months I went to Maui and I went to Oahu and it was I was so shocked because I had this idea of like Maui being these like big beautiful beaches and like rainforests and like banana trees and coconuts and like like you know pleasantness and like all these things and I show up and I'm just like wait this isn't actually what I thought it was um but like India doesn't get that kind of rap because what you do see is more of like the crowds and like the cows and the dirtiness and stuff like that people don't necessarily Mm -hmm. show
0: the beautiful side of it yeah which is ironic because then you go to other places like i remember i went to nola for a bachelorette and i was like this shit is dirty yeah how come we don't show this (laughs) i feel like mumbai is cleaner than this yes (laughs) um you know it's just like what you kind of portray but Um, That being said, I know like you, you know, I I, I like how you teased out your personal relationship with your South Asian identity and then your American identity. Um, You also embrace your Indian side, though, like from your sari pictures and like, you know, I loved that picture that you posted of you in the van with your sari. And now it makes sense. It was like a traditional, like, patu sari, so I'm like, oh, (laughs) that girl, of course.
1: (laughs) Um, Yes, but
0: how, so for someone, you know, I could, um, if I was like a skeptical Sally auntie, I might be like, okay, well, if you don't identify as South Asian, why the sorry? So what would you just say to skeptical Sally auntie?
1: That's how I connect with my mom and dad. My mom Mm. and dad are very cultural. Just because I don't believe in something or it doesn't align necessarily with my expectations, my rules, my norms. That doesn't mean I don't have to respect others and or like be open to having those conversations or be open to exploring it a bit more to see if I now at age 28, to see if I reconnect with it. People think connection with like a certain kind of ethnicity, religion, or even just like drinks, you know? They're like, oh, you know what? You like matcha tea? You must like matcha tea for the rest of your entire life. And I'm like, well, that's not how it works. You go in and out, you go in and out of what you like and don't like, and you grow from it. So it's like, I definitely, I mean, I wear saris, not often, cause that's like, it's an aggressive attire. It's like, you get wrapped up and then you have like 30 million pins. It's just like, there's a lot going on over there. So it's like, I don't wear them often, but like my mom and dad love it when I wear them. And that's how I connect to them. And that's how I, I don't, I don't wear it every day, and I don't think anybody like could expect that from someone being like, "Oh, you have to wear it every day. My mom, who's like a true Indian, who's born in India, raised in India, she moved to the United States only because her you know her husband got job here and like came and lived here. She doesn't wear saris every day. She, like, rocks the nighty, You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> yeah.
0: The nighty, And then they sleep in sorry sometimes, which I'm like, try yeah. wearing one during the day, but to sleep in one, I'm like, wow, <sighs> that is beyond impressive. It's like a whole other thing.
1: So I would tell Sally, a skeptical Sally, that uh, I love my mom and dad and I love that that's their culture and if that's the way that I can connect to them then I'm more than happy to experience that I will never say that's my whole identity
0: because it's not you sound very comfortable and confident in that (laughs) thank you yeah absolutely yeah I I really feel you because I think sometimes people can also feel the pressure of their identity does have to be defined by certain things and especially in this conversation about south asian culture being shared with our american culture like it can be very conflicting at times like should i be more dc should i be more american here like you know all of those questions that come up and i think it's really wonderful when one can find that peace with themselves of where they really stand and that these elements can mean also to your point honoring you what was important to you growing up for example like For me i'm not a religious person but i like going to the temple once in a while like my parents grew up in a like a hindu context they raised us in a hindu context but um i like going to the hindu temple because it just reminds me of sitting with my dad and talking to him right like absolutely it's just a comfort of like feeling close to them yeah absolutely i totally understand that and
1: yeah i mean i always see like i don't know when it comes to like norms or cultures or whatever like people always think you make a decision and that's that's it, that's final. That you can't grow from it, you can't change your mind, you can't explore other options. You may not vibe with the same thing you vibed with like th- three years ago. But it's like you get into this like mindset of like, oh, you you said you were gonna be this like 17 years ago. Why aren't you that now?
0: because it was
1: 17 years ago. <laughs> yeah, because it was 17 years ago. And, like, they didn't have the same things they had now back then. But people, I don't know. I So I totally get it. I have the same exact moment. Like, I love going to the temple with my mom and dad because it reminds me of all the times we sat down. And we just, like... We actually hung out, especially today in today's world where technology is kind of overpowering your senses and there's that everywhere. You go to like places like that, you actually put it down for a second and you like talk to people and you get the prasadam and you like eat it with everybody there. And it's just like such a good memory. And I don't understand why that memory can't be enough of a reason to do something
0: yeah that is totally fair and i completely agree i think what you're tapping into is actually very beautiful that aspect of growth mindset of we are constantly changing um and the more we resist it the less the more dissonance we'll have right like in when we are evolving um and that becomes very challenging versus leaning into the fact that things are always going to change um and It might not be the same thing you wanted even last week or like you know a year ago so yeah um, giving yourself space to do that can be a lot more freeing and Mm -hmm. relaxing
1: and understanding that the same people that are around you before might not be there in your new change because it's like you're a new person and you're a new you that you're trying to find so like no you might not have the same aunties and uncles around you supporting your new endeavor but it's important to you to give your chance that like give yourself that chance to find
0: out who this new person is who it can be yeah you your philosophy is very strong i'll say (laughs) and you um i i have to wonder is this some Something that you feel like you really got to experience and develop because of your travels and time by yourself and moving around, shifting around? Yes and no. Mm -hmm. So I think I've
1: become the way that I've become because of traveling is a main part of it, but also the constant battle that I had with my mom and dad and pushing them, pushing them to go in a new direction. Being like, yeah, mom, like I'm not gonna, I'm a college dropout. Not a lot of people know that about me, but I don't have a degree. I also don't have a husband. I also don't have a house. I also don't have any kids. I travel in a van most of the time. I sleep in parking lots. I've slept in airports and I've slept in random places. And in the beginning like yeah it was really hard for me to accept this because I was scared to like something and I was scared to change because I was like oh no like I'm not gonna have these friends anymore or oh no like this isn't gonna really go well with this one person that one person or whatever. But the more I started doing it and the more comfortable that I got with it and the more I wanted to grow to being this like whole new person stepping outside of this norm that was placed upon me. I ended up becoming this like new human and that was that caused a lot of friction between my family and I. You know, it's like my mom and dad, they're like, "Oh, man, like I hope you get married when you're like, you know, when you're 25." And I'm like 28 and still nowhere near it. Or like have kids and stuff like that and Like that fight and then now seeing my mom and dad accept this new change. So like now they are 100% on my team. They support me to like the fullest where my dad helped me build my van. I never thought in a million years, I had never thought that would be a thing where like, hey dad, you know, I'm gonna build a van that I'm gonna live out of. What do you think about that? 10 years from now, he'd be like, excuse me. Like, no. (laughs) Let me tell you what I think about it. Absolutely. (laughs) The back of my sandal knows what you think about it. (laughs) But seeing that change and seeing them accept it and seeing them want to like actually explore this new thing made me who I am right now where I'm just like, yeah, okay, cool. So like, I know it's hard. I know it's going to suck to like do this change and push past these boundaries, but it's going to definitely reward itself in the end.
0: Absolutely. I mean, you really fucked shit up. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, which is and in the best way possible, I think having your own personal conviction conviction is honestly like 80 percent of it. But having that support is also so important to feel like the people most important to you, which is why, like, we're always in a constant lifelong. I feel like parents like you could argue like, oh, you grow out of it. But like, I think in some way, my personal belief is you're always Thinking of your parents or your foundation in some way, right? Like, yeah,
1: absolutely. But I do not want the people that are listening to this to be like, oh, I need that support. Dude, you're your number one fan. You're the one that's going to have to hustle. You're the one that's going to have to push past the boundaries. You're the one that's going to sit in the bathroom, cry for hours because you're not getting success. You're the one that's going to have to do all these things. If you don't have your own back, do not expect anyone else to show up. No one's gonna show up,
0: and sometimes that means even your parents, right like yes, sometimes yeah, sometimes
1: it definitely means even your parents, like mm-hmm. especially in this like Indian culture, like there's a lot of parents that don't support women traveling that don't support women not marrying at twenty like one, I think I don't know, but like they don't support all that stuff if that's not what you want push past that boundary push past that norm show them what you can be show them what you want to be and I think that's something that like my dad instilled in me where it was like if you want something you got to earn it you're not getting the easy way out no one's handing
0: you a gold spoon and saying hey you know what let me spoon feed this to you yeah that's so true I I had that talk i've talked about it before in the podcast but like i've had that talk with my dad when i was 24 of like you have to get married soon and i was you know pushing back and i even said like i'm not even ready like i don't even think i would understand like the first thing about like how to approach this like would you rather i get married and get divorced like yeah, what, like then you have to really question, like, what is this all for? Like, what are we trying to achieve by me getting married? Right. If it's independence, I got it. You know, I got that off the list. Yeah. <laughs> so like all these things, like at the end, if you don't advocate for yourself, like you can get you know, taken by the wind. But, you know, even especially like I think that's where it's interesting with the South Asian parent dynamic. And I find that, like, you know, you mentioned your mom and dad were very supportive of you kind of growing up to be. Sort of different in your way of approaching your life, but of course, like the lifestyle you chose might have been maybe difficult for anyone. South Asian parents, you know, aside. So tell me a little bit about that. Like when you started to realize that this is something you wanted to do, that you wanted to travel in a van, you wanted to model full time. It sounded like you did have a nine to five role. I did. Yeah. Um, so help us uh, get uh, get back to that journey of yours.
1: Yeah, of course. So I. Uh, was in school I was going to school for a psych degree with a minor of ethics um, and I was working at a law firm and I was still modeling back then but I was doing fashion modeling which is completely different from what I'm doing right now um, I got to a point where I started booking more and more clients and school just kind of like got in the way like I I didn't really enjoy it. School didn't vibe with me. Um, I was very lucky that my boss at the time um, also had a son who is a producer. So he knew the struggles. He knew um, what it meant to like show up to casting calls, to show up to this, show up to that. So he was very supportive. So like anytime I would be just be like, hey, like I know I have to work today, but like I have a casting call in like Seattle. It'll just take me like a half an hour. Can I go and come back? And he'd be like, yeah, that's great. So I did that. And then. It just got so overwhelming where I would come home every single day and I was exhausted and it was just like all the wrong reasons. I was exhausted because I was worried about like a test. I was exhausted because I needed to learn, I don't know, shit nobody learns these, nobody uses these days. It's like, like, I don't know, like algebra or something and I'm like, okay, like who uses algebra in today's world or whatever I mean I'm sure there's a lot of jobs that you do use it but like what I was going for definitely didn't need some of the stuff that I was learning and I was just like this is garbage like I don't want this I don't want to go to school I don't want to go to work I want to set my own rules and my own times and I realized I was 21 or 2 or something and I haven't seen anything in this world other than the commute to go to work the commute to go to school I haven't traveled anywhere in my entire life just to India and back and so I woke up one day and I was just like you know what this sucks I am NOT going to school I dropped out of school I quit my job the same exact day and I went off on a 15 day road trip and I actually saw the world and it was amazing I Slept under the stars for the very first time. I went backpacking for the first time. I went on an actual hike for the first time. And I saw this like beautiful world where I was just like, this can't be real. Like there were so many moments where I like walk up to a waterfall and I'd be like, that's not real, That that looks fake, right? Right, no, right? And I was just like this I don't this is what I want and so I started just traveling more and more and I just started seeing more of the world and it's crazy to me to think about I have seen more of this world than all of my ancestors all of my lineage combined and I'm like that's what I want from my kids
0: yes I think that's beautiful like the way that you brought that up, especially like, I think there is at least I related in the sense like there's this feeling I have sometimes of like the people bef- like the women before me had to go from their father's house to their husband's house. And we get this time where we don't have that pressure. So what do we get to do with it? Right. Like, how are we going to use that and honor that, you know, piece of we're get- getting to be the first. And I love how you describe that of like with your family, like I- I've seen more of the world and you made I feel like that's such a beautiful use of that opportunity and privilege that we have. Um, And it's but it's so interesting to me because I feel like that takes a lot like the way you make it sound is so like, you know, yeah, I could do it tomorrow, but. That has to take a lot of personal conviction and... Oh, you can't voice. do it tomorrow. I never say <laughs> yeah. you can do it
1: tomorrow. I didn't do it tomorrow. I saved up. People think I woke up and I was just like, yep, this is what I like. This is life. Like. Yeah, I woke up and I decided to quit my job and travel, but I still saved money to do it. I'm not stupid. I'm not gonna like go out into the world and being like, yeah, hey, you know what, sick. I'm just gonna run away with $2 in my bank account and see how long that lasts. And I'm like, girl, you can't even buy a Snickers bar with $2. Yeah.
0: So that means you kind of had a gut feeling probably of like, I'm going to need this money for something in the future, right? So what was that inner voice like that, like told you, like, this is the right step for me? Um, And especially I can imagine, like, even as much as that intuition was guiding you, that you still might have had some doubt or, right, it's natural to feel like, oh, is this the right step? Mm -hmm. Can you help me understand, like, how did you navigate that?
1: I, so I... I work a lot. I'm a big hustler. And that's something that came from like my dad. He definitely, you know, was born in the slums and he like he like got out of it and he his journey in itself was so inspiring. So I was just like, you know what, you got the hustle in you. So start saving money, start putting it away, and start moving towards the direction that you wanted to go. And I am blessed in the sense that like I did get help financially from my parents in the beginning. And I did get help from my sister too. So my sister was like the golden child where she went to school, she got a degree, she like got a job. She makes more money than I probably ever will. And sorry, she has a husband, she has a son who's two years old, my little nephew, he like runs around. She has a house, she has all these things. But like, so she definitely like, supported me through my journey and she kind of like vicariously lived through me and I was kind of like the rebel child anyway so I was taking all hits of like yeah she's careless she doesn't do much she doesn't know she doesn't you know care about money and blah, blah blah all these things but I definitely had support financially from my parents and my sister for quite some time and when I started Even though my parents didn't necessarily want me to go a certain place, they still were there. So that definitely helped. And I knew that if I fell, I could always pick myself back up again. And I think that's something that not a lot of people have in their life either. Because if they're like, okay, this is my one chance. And if I mess it up, like I'm not going to go anywhere because they see failure as in like this not so good outlook, or it's like, oh, if you failed, that means you just suck at it. But they don't see like, okay, you failed in that, but in doing so, you learned all these other tasks, you've grown in all these other areas that you can now explore.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think us, this isn't just South Asian specific. I think culturally, we could all benefit from seeing failure differently. And you're totally right, because there's no that means we think in life the opposite, that we assume we are always going to be successful. And if you're not going to be successful at something, don't even try and it doesn't make sense so i completely agree failure if you can at least make it a learning lesson maybe the next time it won't be a quote failure right so um yeah it's it's amazing but i'm that must be such a lucky privilege to have like such support too from your family to be able to do this right so to your point of like it's not all like there's there's What we see and then there's also the reality of like you need to save up you can you know find the people who can support you
1: yeah absolutely i didn't get paid for my first job until like five years into what i'm doing Like, I didn't see a dime of anything, but I invested in myself, and I started, yeah, and I picked up jobs left and right throughout the process. Like, I would work at the mall. I would do anything that I had to to, like, actually get it going. Like, I was a virtual assistant. I went back to assisting. I, you know, would just do things to help me get on my feet, and then once I saved up some more money, I would go back out and try again, and it's like... Yeah, it's hard. It's like nobody is gonna hand you anything. No one's gonna just knock on your door and be like, hey, here's an opportunity for you. Like. Yes. That you definitely have to get it yourself. Happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what is life on a van like? Like tell me the glamorous, the unglamorous. <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of sucks. Cause I
1: built the van out, I think like September I finished it Um, and that journey in itself was kind of scary because that was my first big loan for anything. The van was like $36,000. It was like real expensive. I was just like "Mm, no and that didn't come with the build. I had to build it myself so it was like that plus some more and I remember um, I had called I think like at least 15 different dealers to try and get the van and I got one and they were like, yeah, like you've been approved for the loan, like blah, 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 all these things. And on the drive to sign the final piece of paper, I pulled into a parking lot and I full on bawled. I was just like so scared. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is the biggest loan that I would ever have to take. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if I'm gonna be successful. I shouldn't even do it, because I don't even know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I called my best friend and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know. I was like, Jordan, I am going to screw this up. I don't know. And she's like, okay, well, first of all, you don't know. So maybe stop trying to predict
0: yeah, so tra- stop trying to know, right? Stop trying <laughs> yeah. to
1: know if you don't know and just go ahead and go sign the piece of paper. Got it, started building the van out, finished it, and I think it went on like two or three trips. And I started, I wanted to share that with other people. So I started renting my van out. And so it's fully ready and renter ready for people, whoever wants to like take it and I have been booked until September so like it's amazing that I built the van but it sucks because I actually haven't spent a lot of time in it yeah that's a bummer I also saw your
0: post about your parachute sheets and I was like that looks amazing yeah but it's like I don't actually get to sleep in those yeah but it probably helps you pay off that loan too right like to rent it out
1: yeah, definitely. So, um, and I have been renting it out to Indians, actually. Um, the first two people that took it were two Indian couples, and it was amazing to see them, like the first couple that took it out, they were just like, this is our way of reinventing ourselves. This is this is so important to us, and we're so grateful that you created this like avenue that we can now explore, and now we can go take what you have made and use it to provide new memories for us, new challenges for us. And they took it out. They were out for like four days and they crushed it. They were like, this is the best. I can't wait to come back. And I was like, oh, that's so good.
0: That's amazing because I think that's partly and like why I was so excited to talk to you is that we don't see representation in this space, especially outdoors, nature. living a life that doesn't really confine to nine to five, um, taking these types of risks. I'm not saying this doesn't exist, but I think growing up, we might have heard less stories about this. Um, So from representation in the media and our own like stories that we hear in our families this is not common so if i even saw like for example just seeing your profile i was like oh so this is a way that i could also it's all it's so easy honestly like you see someone who kind of even looks like you and you're like maybe i could do it too right and so it's so powerful and i can only imagine like you know folks who are interested like similarly the best friend i told you about who showed me your page to begin with and said that you know there's this fantastic kick-ass girl out there follow her um she's very interested in like also nature and like hiking and she's like trying to make this her 30s persona we like joke about our 30s personas and what they are so she's like i think this is like my new who i want to be um and that's so she's so excited to hear about your words too <laughs> i know yes, and but, tell her she's gonna
1: crush it yeah tell she it. should
0: probably rent the van
1: She's gonna be having a great time. Tell her it's gonna suck. I hate when people are like, oh, this is gonna be a breeze. I'm gonna be like, no, let me keep it real for you. It's gonna suck, but it's going to be worth
0: it. What's a typical day in the van? Like uh, what, the time you have spent?
1: The typical day in the van, um, I'm usually traveling with my partner. Um, mm-hmm. He's 6'2", mm-hmm. let's just set the stage. He's a giant. <laughs> um. Uh, if you guys don't know him, his name is Michael Maddie. He's an amazing human being, but a freaking giant. And he does not fold in a bed. So I made my, my bed, my van, I built it when I was single. And so everything there is fit for me. I'm 5'3", five five, I'm not 5', five, I'm 5'4". Five I feel like I'm 5'3 at the end of the day where I like hunch down. Um, but I'm 5'4", and I like built the van for like my specific settings. And so when he like sleeps in the van... I sleep diagonal in his armpit, basically. (laughs) So, typical day starts with a morning of, hello, here's my pits. And uh, we usually make some coffee um, or tea, whatever we're feeling, and then we're usually shooting. So, I am probably waking up... um, I will not lie and say that I actually wake up on time. Um, I will let you know that I do roll in the back while he drives the car to a destination. Um, We don't drive far because that's not safe. Um, So it's usually like the campground is like maybe five minutes, ten minutes away from like the shoot location. So I'll like sleep in the back and I'll just be like, yeah, good morning. I love you too. Bye. (laughs) Get back underneath the covers, roll for a little bit. He goes out to the location. We shoot. We have lunch. I have everything in my van from a fridge to a two gas burner stove. So we can actually make like actual meals. Like I had budgies in my van the other day. Wow, that is impressive. Like you can actually make meals. Like you can make anything that you make in your kitchen in the van. The only thing I don't have is an oven or a microwave. So those are the only things that you're limited to, but like everything else, like anything you wanna make on the stove, you can make in the van. We'll have lunch and then we'll just kind of like hang out for a little bit, do some work, answer some emails, and sunset comes around, it's another shoot time, we'll go on shoot, and yeah, nighttime comes around, we try and find like a campground that is paid, um, mostly because it has more facilities, so I have a toilet in the van just for me. So like, he's not allowed to pee in it. I'm like, if you can point and shoot, point and shoot out the van, dude.
0: Like, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not shooting that in the van. <laughs>
0: Damn, Michael. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's just like, point and shoot that thing out somewhere that I cannot see. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, campgrounds are usually really good facilities. And so he'll be able to use those. And I can pee in the van. I hate Peeing in the woods, as as outdoorsy as I am, or I claim to be, dude, squatting down like no, dead of night. That is not where the
0: life. <laughs> cannot see
1: what's near you. My biggest fear is I'm just gonna get bit by a snake on my bum, and that's how I die. Right? It's like, oh, how did Priya die? Did she like you know fall off a mountain? Nah, she was just peeing. Yeah. And a snake, snake bit her, bit her butt. <laughs> yeah. And that that's how she went. Yeah. That's that's how we're gonna remember her by. That's your legacy. That's my legacy. (laughs) The snake bit to the bum. That was it. That's how I passed. But that's like my biggest fear. And so when I was building the van, I made sure to have space for a toilet. And not just for me, but just for like also like other like other females that wanna like travel or like people with kids that wanna travel and they like don't wanna necessarily like open the doors and be like, okay, well, Papa Squat, there might be a car that might be like driving by and see your hoo-ha but hey who cares
0: yeah no totally I that's so interesting by the way um and I agree I think that's what makes me intimidated too about like that type of lifestyle is like even watching that movie which uh Cheryl Strayed's book Reese Witherspoon did like in the wild or I forgot what it was actually called um but when they show that hiking trip and every, I'm like, but as a woman, like, how do you do your period? How do you do like- You can get around (laughs) it though. If
1: there is, that whole saying, if there's a will, there's a way, there seriously is. You wanna get outside, okay, you have your period. I get my period monthly, I think twice now. Cause my body is just like, excuse me, what time zone are we in right (laughs) now? Like relax about life for a second. But I get, I wear um, the Thinx underwear.
0: Wow, yeah, so that probably helps.
1: Yeah, so I wear those when I am uh, going out into the backcountry. I sleep in them, and then I come back, I wash them, and I'm good. Um, You always have to pack out whatever you're taking anyway. So if I have to change, I just pack out my underwear. It's not like even if you're using a tampon, you can just tuck it in the woods. Although a lot of people do that, please stop doing it. Nobody wants to see your periods when they're having a hike. But it's like, you have to pack out all your stuff anyway. So just toss it in. I take, um, I have two dogs. I have a Husky and a Retriever Lab mix. Um, You know those poop bags that you have to use? They are amazing. They are order resistant. It's easy to use. Wrap up whatever you have to wrap up, whether it's a pad, a tampon, a Diva cup, whatever it is that you're doing, or the thinks underwear. Put it in that, wrap it up, put it in your backpack, take it out. And it's the same thing in the van.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. These are the like small tips. So I'm like, I don't know why you make them bigger in your head. And you're like, I can't do this myself. But I also like want to ask like, so, you know, I touched on it. Like I was hinting at it, I guess, is that the space of outdoors can seem daunting because, you know, even like reading books about this, but like this concept of voyeurism and like venturing out is sort of associated with historically white men. So you have the privilege of like white men being able to do this, being both the identity of white and then also being male, where they don't have to worry as much about their safety, for example. So like you have all these concepts of like a white man's burden, manifest destiny, etc and that's the you know there are articles being or that are written about how that's why people of color you don't see as much of that culturally um so how do you like how do you feel about that especially given that you have been someone who went against that grain and how do you see yourself have you ever had to struggle with that type of you know i have to prove that like i'm beating that norm or you know this space is really created and meant for white men and I'm pushing against it. So I took my mom and
1: dad out the other day
0: and my mom
1: was terrified. She was like, I don't want to go. I don't feel safe. I don't want this. I don't, I don't want to do these. But she wanted to travel so much, but she didn't want to go out because she was an Indian lady. And she had the same exact thing. She was just like, I'm scared of the unknown. I'm scared of what I don't see. And I had that in the beginning. I definitely was like, I don't want to be out alone. I don't want to ever do these things. I don't want it. And today I will still tell you, I do not want to hike by myself. I do not want to hike. I never claim to be a solo traveler. I never claim to do these things because, yes, safety of women is completely different than the safety of a man. Obviously, like if you're a dude, you're like my boyfriend. He can walk out into the middle of nowhere and he's completely safe. But I'm not going to do it,
0: and I don't want to.
1: Oh my gosh, are you kidding? Absolutely, (laughs) it drives me insane the fact that I have to feel. Like I need, that's that dependency that I was talking to you about earlier. It was so hard for me to go back to India and being like, I have to depend on a man to do some of the daily, like it's kind of like demeaning where it's just like, I can't go to the grocery store by myself. I can't go to this by myself. But in the outdoor world, honestly, if you don't want to do it, that's not your vibe. That doesn't have to be. You can go with friends, you can go with a man, you can go with whoever. The whole point isn't necessarily how you do it, it's that you do it, right? So I don't wanna ever go outside by myself and I tell my partner that all the time. I'm just like, yo, I wanna go hike, let's go hike together and he'll he'll be there. Or if I'm traveling, I'll be like, I don't wanna travel by myself. And that's not necessarily a bad thing like yeah there is a lot of men in this space and there are a lot of like you know it is very like male dominated and that's honestly that's just the way life is but that doesn't mean that you should just give up and just say oh it's so male dominated i'm just not going to even try i'm just not going to even be in it because there's some other guy that can do it better you don't It's like, it's almost a dick competition between you and the other person, but it doesn't have to be. You can just go out because you want to go out. And if there's a specific way that's going to make you feel safe, you comfortable, and ensure to build confidence, then do it that way. So with my mom, when I was like, mom, let's go out camping. It's gonna be amazing. You guys can sleep in the van. Michael and I will sleep in the tent right next door. That's the only way she found comfort. That's how we did it. Yeah. And my well, mom went nice out to
0: push. Yeah, push her, But also give her uh, like out of her comfort level.
1: Yeah, because it's totally valid to feel insecure. It's totally fine to feel like you're not you don't want to do something. I feel like whenever people are like, oh, I want to be outdoorsy. They like think of themselves like climbing Everest. <laughs> and that's like the only way to be outdoorsy or freaking free solo over here and he's like "Yo, i'm just gonna climb up this rock all by myself with nothing but like you don't have to do that and that's something that i'm actually working on with rei right now like they're one of my ambassadors. i'm one of their ambassadors and they're pushing which i love any way you can get outside you should get outside
0: Yeah. And you're right, because there is like a sort of like radical, like, you know, piece that we we see about, like, if you want to embrace the outdoors truly, where I like this aspect of like it can be more balanced or it can be what you want it to be. And um, the safety piece and that privilege piece is unfortunately it's as fucked up as it is. Like as women, we do have to think about this and and especially and minority women too like there's a whole other layer to it so how would you do this before you met michael like when you were saying that you were in parking lots and stuff like would you stay alone? i was
1: never alone so i always had someone with me i i tried it once i didn't like it and so i was just like i don't like it i don't want to do it if being outdoors means i'm alone then i don't want to be outdoors but if i can find people that would love to share this space with me, then I'm gonna do that. And I did, I found people that wanted to be outdoors with me. So I hiked with friends, I hiked with random, like I would travel a lot. And you make a lot of friends, right? Which I was also like not good at, like I hate people. I love persons, like I am really good on -on one-on-one scenarios, but you add another person and seriously, like my body has a breakdown. It's like, hold up. Whose eyes do we look at? Which one are we focusing on right now? But like you meet a lot of people and so you learn to start traveling with them and you learn to start hiking with them and then sooner or later you'll find people that have the same interests as you but you'll also find people that have completely different interests that you might want to try and they will more than happy able to take it. Like I found in the outdoor space anyway, people are so welcoming. Um, Which is also why I kind of stayed away from like fashion, because when I was doing fashion modeling, everything was like so plastic, so perfect and so cutthroat. It was how can I step over you? It wasn't how can we step together? It's how can I step over you? How can I push you back and pull myself forward? But ever since I've gotten the outdoors. Every single person that I've ever met, there is not a single person that loves nature, that loves being outside, that doesn't wanna share it with you.
0: That's so true. And I'm not gonna pretend that I know as much of what you do from your experience in uh, fashion, but there was a time where I during college volunteered for Fashion Week with my one of my best friends and we did all these like amazing shows, right? Like we're setting up it's the bitch work for like DVF, like putting down all the like flyers on each seat and everything, right? Like the program. Um, but we were like, This is so cool. And I remember afterwards you could keep the flyers if people left them. Um, so you could like take a little token. And I put mine aside, and this other girl thought it was hers. And we got in this, like, argument, and she literally was like, I'm not here to make friends. And it was like, oh, my God, take the program, boo. Like, this is not worth it. It's the paper I I'm going to throw out later. I like, was so, so intense. many
1: moments like that where it was just like, I'm not here to make friends. And I'm like, well, then why are you here? It's like, are you just trying? Like, to me, I honestly, like would rather if you're someone that needs the job, I'd rather you have it than me. But like everybody there, it was very plastic perfect. I had to look a certain way. I couldn't do specific things to my hair, to my nails, like basic things. It was so controlling. And I was just like, this is not what I want my to look at and think it's beauty.
0: Yes, that's totally fair. And I love the way you portray beauty in your work now like what um, of course I haven't seen your fashion work but I on Instagram like I feel like your smile is so real you are trying to show what it's like to be in the moment and enjoy which I think is very hard for us to sometimes do especially like ironically right on Instagram so Um, But I do want to say I know we're kind of running out of time like I want to make sure I do get some words of advice for other people that, you know, what would you say to brown ladies who are hesitant to maybe uh, uh, embrace their inner, you know, wild Indian girl, as you say, because they literally haven't seen this model to them or the fears of, you know, doing this alone or what would you say to them? Take a step forward, take two steps back. Mm. Take a step
1: forward, try it and take two steps back. Go back to your norm, go back to what you did before, go back to your everyday life. And the next time you try it again, take two steps forward. You don't have to go head first into the deep end of the ocean. You can take those baby steps and any step that you take is a step forward. So. Don't feel like if you walk in the direction, you have to continue walking. You can turn around, you can make a left turn, you turn, whatever you want, but just try it.
0: Yeah, I love that. That is so powerful, Priya. Thank you. The other piece is I think that something that in our culture we don't do as much of is spend time in nature to the sense of backpacking, etc. And I also don't blame why, like, for example, when my dad talked about it, it's actually even Trevor Noah made a joke about this. But like when you grow up in these countries like India or South Africa and you see poverty and you see what it's like to live in a tent. And my dad was always like, why would I go and try to do that for fun? And so what are we missing out on? Because I know also like there's this book that like I got exposed to called Vagabond, which talks about traveling the way that we do on PTO, for example, is not really traveling. It's, you know, it's a vacation, you're you're seeing a snippet, but to really go and live in a c- culture and to spend time in that space and it's outdoors, that is true travel, so, and which you do. So how so do you- uh-huh. I actually do not like that because travel to anybody,
1: if they're traveling, Dude, do it your own way. If that's that's what you feel comfortable, confident, secure in, do it your own way. You don't have to indulge every single piece of a culture to feel like you really experienced it. If you go to Chinatown and all you can eat are noodles, dude, rock it. Try it. And keep going. If you go to India and you feel like all you can do is have chicken tikka masala, rock that. Try it. Do whatever. Travel. I See, When even when we're talking about things like that, it's like, oh, there's the real way of traveling. There's the real way of doing something. There seriously is not. There's no book. There's no instructions. There's no, this is the right way to do things. This is the wrong way to do things because all we're doing is going from one box of norms to another and that's not really conducive to growth.
0: Full of wisdom girl. So it was actually like my fiance was reading that book and telling me about it. And I yeah. remember we both were like, but who can always do this? Like who can always just give up their life and travel in this way, right? So it, is, yeah. it also assumes a privilege of like people can do that in order to experience countries. Yeah. And I like absolutely. what how you said it because it's sort of like um it reminds me of what you were talking about, the work you're doing with REI is like making it accessible for everyone.
1: Yeah, anyone can do it. And it doesn't have to be, it does not have to be scary. It does not have to be something that feels like you're about to take on this like huge mountain it can literally be a baby step it could be just like one step forward two steps back go back if you have to go five steps back if you have to if that's what's going to make you feel comfortable go ahead don't i feel like the worst thing you can do is try something way too much and realize you don't like it because you did it to a full extent and then just nix the whole thing.
0: Yes, going back to that extreme failure, right? Yeah, extreme
1: (laughs) failure where it's just like, I tried it, I tried it, like I really, really, really tried it and it just didn't vibe with me and now I hate it and I don't wanna ever do it again. But if it's like you try a little bit and then you go back and you try a little bit more and you go back, you're giving yourself these like small doses of escape and small doses of new things, small doses of that discomfort, because people don't like being uncomfortable. Nobody does, I don't either. So it's like, but if you like dive into this world and all you are is uncomfortable, you don't wanna be there. Yeah
0: it's like what you did with your mom like who knows maybe one day yeah. she'll be like hey i'm gonna take the tent you no she crushed there. it yeah.
1: she was so excited on the way back she was like oh man like we love that so much they didn't spend the night because i think that was just a little too scary for them so i set up the tent i set up everything i made my mom and dad like a really nice like you know really nice meal we sat down we ate and then like, you know it came time to like go to bed and then they were just like okay like hmm when are we going home?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Hey, they took one step forward. (laughs) And when are we going home?
1: So I was like, okay, cool. We can go home. Like, let me just pack everything up. So we just packed it all up and we decided to leave. And on the drive home, my mom was like, I really want to try that again. And this time I want to stay out. This time I want to try and plan something where we can actually stay longer even. Even if it's not the night, this time I wanna go earlier in the day and stay out longer. Mm-hmm. And that's all I could ever
0: hope, honestly. Yeah, really, so like, according to your philosophy.
1: Yeah, so I was just like, oh my goodness, thank you, Mom. Like, yeah. this is amazing that I can show you this world. Them being my parents and bringing me into this world and being like, here's your oyster, and now i can then take that and be like mom like look at what where we are right now look at this place this is the world this is yeah a little snippet like there's so much to see and she actually wants to do it so i totally. myself like i could die happy i could be like sick i've yeah. accomplished what i wanted to do in this world thank you and that's great
0: so now moving into the last fun little round. This is a um, quick round of whatever comes to you in like the first few seconds. Okay. So I have five questions for you. Are okay. you ready? It's sick, yeah, I'm ready. Have you had a crazy encounter with a wild animal in your travels? And what was the craziest encounter?
1: Uh, like dangerous crazy or like just like, oh my gosh, this is happening crazy. Either. Okay, so I went to Wyoming and I saw a moose for the very freaking first time in my life. So close, I was just like, excuse me, sir, you are the size of a
0: jeep. (laughs) Oh my god, I can't imagine.
1: And there was one in the back of my van, so I had my doors open and I sat on my bed and was moose watching wow and that was amazing and that whole wyoming trip like i saw so many wild animals it was ridiculous like we saw bison so close to we saw wolves we saw bears it was crazy
0: that is insane oh my gosh um what is intimacy in an rv like
1: uh it's non-existent
0: because let me tell you
1: you stank <laughs> I don't have a shower so if um my level of intimacy is uh my armpit in the face that's that's it because van life people are like oh well so let me let me take it back so that it is romantic it's such a really small space and that's actually where I fell in love with my partner and that's what brought us together but like honestly like it's stinky in there dude like there's no shower you're taking baby wipes to your whole body at any given time so that's definitely an upgrade that i want to make so maybe after a shower or two or a dozen things might get a little saucy but until then it's uh more or less hey babe i used the wipes on my pits today so it's clean
0: (laughs) Sexy, can I? Yeah, for real. Um, The soundtrack you love being emo to when you're driving in your RV. I actually don't listen to a lot of
1: music, to be honest. Um, Yeah, I have a lot of conversations, so I don't like listening to a lot of things. So when my partner and I are driving, we talk literally most of the time. Um, about jobs, about life, about what we want to do in the future, how we want to buy a house, how I want to buy three llamas. What, who said that?
0: <laughs> he didn't hear that, right? He didn't yeah. hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't listen to a lot of music. Interesting, Yeah. yeah. So you could have a date with any celebrity, who would it be? I'm already dating a celebrity so I can't really oh, say, hey. but uh, I <laughs> don't want to date Michael. anybody else. <laughs>
1: hey. No, seriously, like I was fangirling on him for such a long time. Cause we like met up through Instagram and like back when we met up, I was like a nobody. I had like maybe 5,000 followers or like 10,000 followers. And this guy, he was like, yeah, I'd love to hang out. And I was just like, oh, yes. <laughs> so,
0: definitely michael in his armpit i did
1: not know the armpit came with it um i didn't know i was gonna get that close to that part of his body but hey you know what i love it and i love him every single day so it's been great
0: absolutely and my last question is what is it like to be in a ambassador for rei like i don't see a lot of indian people represented in rei yeah
1: i honestly love them they've probably been my best client and it's been crazy, cause like when I signed up and I, I was scared, cause when they reached out to me, I was doing the gnarly and rugged things. And I reached out to them and I was just like, I want to be completely honest with you. That's not where I see myself going into the future. I want to take a step back and really find out what truly means to be outdoors for me and how I find comfort. And they seriously, they're like 100% on board. They're like, you know what, girl, you do you. We are happy to support what you want and how you see yourself in the outdoors. So like I do jobs for them, like taking my mom and dad out or taking my dogs out or just going out, spending the night under the stars and finding myself again, asking those questions of like, wow, this is amazing. How can I do this again? or stuff like that. So it's been a blessing to work with them. But yeah, you don't see a lot of Indians on there. So hopefully I have opened a door to a couple of other people and that I will see more ethnic people. But they honestly, like they do have a really good, they do embody like ethnicity in the outdoors and women in the outdoors. So I see a lot of women ambassadors for them. So that's also like, it's been a blessing to be around that kind of space where women empowerment is very much a thing there. And that's something that they really do wanna push and pushing past these boundaries in different ways that makes sense to who you are, not to who other people are, but to like who you are. What does it mean to you to push past your boundaries and how can we facilitate that? That's more of like what they're all about, which is amazing because that's what I'm about, where I'm just like, you don't have to do crazy gnarly shit to f- feel like you need to be an REI ambassador or or even just shop at REI. Because there's been so many times where I'll be like, mom, I'll go buy you a raincoat. Let's go to REI. And she'd be like, oh, it's not for like, Crazy like gnarly people. I'm like, no, mom. Like, let's go. Like, let's let's do this.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm so obsessed with that. Yeah. Honestly, Priya, this was such a fun conversation and so insightful. I appreciate your perspective so much. So thank you for taking the time. I know you're crazy busy. Yeah. I really really appreciate it. It's (laughs) definitely
1: humbling to have someone ask my opinion and like where I am in my life because. I I'm, I'm not used to that, right? So like being in a world where women do get subsided to the side and I'm the baby of the family. So like a lot of times not a lot of people ask for my advice because they're just <laughs> yeah. like, mm-hmm. she's like two. And I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm
0: 28. <laughs> yeah. Relax about uh, yeah. it
1: for a second. That I'm is 28
0: sibling struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that
1: struggle is so real. So it's definitely a blessing and definitely new to me. do podcasts and like to talk about my life as if it's this crazy glamorous thing but I'm very happy to be on here and to have a chat with you finally.
0: Yes I know and I, I think it's so interesting you should say that because I feel like The fact that you were so honest and raw also about the glamour and the unglamorous is really important for anyone to find things approachable, accessible. And I hope people listen to this and get inspired to even just go on a hike or whatever it is um, that, you know, or take a chance on something that they've been meaning to, even if it wasn't the outdoors. So um, you're really inspiring. So thank Thank you, Priya.
1: Thank you.